Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You are listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show, uh, educating investors of the South Shore since 1990, uh, which I guess makes this a a 30-year anniversary. How about that? Um, so good morning. Um, today I have a, a guest in the studio and the topic for today or the plan for today is we're actually going to, we're going to make a plan. Um, so we've enlisted the help of a, um, a caller, uh, who called into the, to the, uh, office and has volunteered his, his time and his information, uh, so that we can actually talk about his financial situation, uh, and, you know, hopefully see what kind of track he's on, um, you know, talk some, you know, hopefully some specifics and, you know, uh, eventually give him some, you know, uh, advice, uh, or let him know what kind of a track he's, he's on, uh, and if he needs to make any changes. Um, so we have asked, uh, so we, we have an alias, uh, for him. Uh, and so he is going by Chip Douglas. So good morning, Chip. Good morning. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so if there are any real Chip Douglases out there, uh, we apologize. Um, but this uh, Chip Douglas is an alias. Um, now Chip is married, uh, although, uh, his wife is not with us today, um, so we will do our best to, uh, you know, keep her out of it <laughs> as best we can. You know, so I was looking last night, uh, Chip. I was like, okay, what can we call your wife? Because you didn't give me a name for your wife, and I was like, well, we need an alias for your wife. So I just started, you know, typing in Google. I was like, Chip, and so you know, of course, all that comes up is Chip.
relationship in Joanna Gaines. So we're going to call your wife uh, Joanna today, okay? I think she'd be fine with that. Okay. She, she, she likes Joanna Gaines. Okay, all right. All I know, it's something to do with HTTV, I think. That's that's about that's all a, I know. a home property show. Uh, okay, all right. So you're going to be chipping Joanna today. All right. Um, so... You know, obviously you have spoken to us a little bit and we have some background, but we're going to do our best to kind of go over that again on the air so that, you know, people listening can kind of get a sense of, uh, you know, where you are, you know, you and your wife, uh, as far as, um, you know, where you are in the retirement process, um, how long you have until retirement. And, you know, if you're okay, you know, obviously because we're trying to, you know, protect you, but uh, so I'll try to keep things as generic as possible. But, you know, we want to give people some numbers, you know, so they can kind of relate to, you know, okay, so what is this, you know, what what is this um, household, you know, earning roughly, you know, for income, you know, what do they have saved and how does that you know, translate to, because that's, you know, that's a question we get all the time is, you know, people come in and they say, well, how much should I have saved, you know, at this point, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 55 or whatever it is. I have this much saved. Is that enough? And, you know, that's a very hard question to answer off the top of the head without doing some, some math, uh, doing some work, because, you know, every situation is unique. Uh, everybody's got a different set of expenses everybody's in a different spot as far as what they have for debt. You know, if somebody's got, um, you know, 30 years left on their mortgage and they're 55, um, but they got, you know, but they have a good chunk of money saved, well, that might be okay, that might not, versus somebody that maybe has their mortgage paid off and doesn't have as much money, that they, they still might be okay, um, you know, because having a, you know, not having a mortgage, that's a big chunk of your of your monthly income. So, you know, you need to know all the details. It's not just the number of what you have saved, it's it's everything uh, going on in, in, in your world. Um, all right, so we're gonna go through this uh, process and I'm gonna kind of ask you some questions, tell, tell you some things that I think, you know, kind of give you our assumptions and biases. So, the first thing that we're going to talk about is inflation. All right. So, you know, you and your wife live on a certain amount of income now, and that buys you a certain amount of stuff uh, in today's world. And, you know, every year on average, things get more expensive. That's just the way it is. Uh, and, you know, that's a function of, um, you know, uh, resources becoming, you know, more scarce, um, you know, so supply and demand, things become more expensive. You know, you can see that with just about anything, you know, gas, um, you know, groceries, everything gets more expensive every year as time goes on. So, you know, if we look backwards and, all right, so we've got data um, going back a hundred years. So if you go back a hundred years, inflation has averaged, let's see, about 2.7% per year. So, you know, the price of goods and services have gone up, you know, almost, almost 3% per year, uh, if you go back a long ways. All right, so more recently, inflation has been lower. So if you go back about 25 years, it's been about 2.2% per year. All right. And if you go back about 10 years, it's about 1.76%. All right. So long-term, closer to 3%, you know, a little less than three. Short-term, you know, a little less than 2%. All right. So the question is, you know, what's it going to be going forward? Your guess is as good as mine, right? So we need to put something in here because we want to, you know, account for it. We want to be conservative with our guests. I would tell you, um, 
you know, I, I would be more comfortable using the long-term number, you know, the, the slightly higher number, just because, you know, we don't want to assume that it's going to stay low, you know, for the rest of your life. Um, so Chip, how, how old are you roughly? 58. 58. Okay. So, you know, if you live an average life expectancy, you know, you're probably going to live another 20, 25 years, plus or minus, right? That's a long time. Uh, and if you, you know, if, if we, you know, use the wrong number and you're compounding that every year for 20, 25 years, whatever it may be, that can make a significant impact in your plan, you know, if we, if we guess wrong. Um, so whenever we make, you know, make an assumption in somebody's plan, we're going to, you know, err on the side of conservatism if, if we have, if we have to guess. So, so 2.73, that was the long-term number. That's what I'm going to use if you're okay with that. I'm good. Okay. All right. 2.73%. That's what we're going to use for inflation. Now, there are some things that go up uh, at different rates. So we're going to use the 2.73% for pretty much everything, you know, all of your daily living expenses, you know, groceries, uh, gas, things like that. Um, there are some things like healthcare that typically have a different rate of inflation. Healthcare historically has gone up at least double, uh, you know, what everything else is going up. And that's, you know, that's just kind of become a fact of life uh, that health, you know, medicine and, and healthcare is very expensive and, and, it, and it gets more and more expensive every year. Um, so we can talk about that a little bit down the road, but I uh, just wanted to point that out. All right. So, so Chip, all right. So you are 58. Mm-hmm. All right. And your wife? 56. Okay. 56. All right. So you guys are roughly the same age. Um, and you know you're at that critical point where you know you can kind of see see the finish line so to speak as far as retirement you know it's maybe 10 years plus or minus down the road um and and you want to get serious and, and make sure that you're kind of on a right on the right track so um what would you like to use for a retirement date at least for for today's purposes um am i in well, I'd like to do 65. Okay. All right. Same thing for for yes. Joanna? Yes. All right. So 65. So a couple things about that. So if, um, let me ask you this. So if you retire at 65, that's from your current job. Correct. Have you and your wife ever talked about doing any like part-time work in retirement or would it just be pull the plug and you're done? I would have to, I'd have to do something. Um, I would go nuts if I wasn't okay. working. So, okay. Um, even if it's, you know, a Home Depot or something, I'd have to do something, you know, hey, aisle seven about halfway down, sir. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, and would that be, so it's not so much for the money. It's just to have something. Uh, to, just to keep my sanity. Something to yeah. do. Okay. Yeah. You know, we hear that answer Quite a bit, actually. Um, I mean, the money certainly doesn't hurt either, even even if it's you know small, because um, it you know kind of takes the pressure off you know the withdrawals you know that you're taking from your investments and things like that. Um, plus, the more time you're working, it's less time you have to just go and spend money. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So, all right. So, so for now, we're gonna we're gonna say 65, and then maybe in a few in in a little bit, we can talk about uh, maybe plugging in some amount of income that you think makes sense for what that retirement job. You know, if it's whatever you think it might be, and we'll just make a conservative guess on that. Um, all right. So we're gonna say 65 for retirement. So for you, that's about seven years from now, uh, and for Joanna, that's what about nine years roughly. Okay. Um, 
All right, so the second thing we need to talk about is how long are you going to live? All right, obviously you don't know that. Um, I'm sure, you, I mean, obviously you do know, you know, your parents, your um, your wife's parents, aunts and uncles, things like that. You know, if there's longevity uh, in your family, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the, you know, what the <coughs> statistics are. So for you, uh, you know, based on, you know, being a male and on, you know, your current age, it says your life expectancy is 81. All right. Um, so we can change that. You know, we can make it higher. We can make it lower. Um, and for Joanna, you know, based on being a female and her current age, it's saying 84. All right. You know, typically, typically women live a little bit longer. Um, and uh, so that's, that's what statistically they're saying, 81 and 84. So let me, so do you have any comment as far as like, you know, your parents, your grandparents, uh, aunts and uncles, you know, um, both for you or your wife, as far as are they living longer than average, less than average? Well, my mom's side is longer and my dad's side's not. So I think those numbers are close. Are you okay using those numbers yeah. or do you want to bump them up a little bit again? Just, you know, kind of be conservative, maybe add a couple of years. Um, yeah, I'd like to add a couple just... Um, Superstition. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're afraid. You're afraid. Whatever we plug in here is going is actually going to come yeah. come to pass. <laughs> okay. All right. So how about um, so how about for you? You want to say you want to say 85 for you? Yeah. All right. Let's say 85 for Chip, and and then for Joanna, maybe say 88. Sure. Or is that too is that too big? Or is that no, okay? that's good. All right. I mean the you know so. We want to be, you know, this is one of those things. You want to try to be realistic, uh, but you don't know, you know, you don't know the future. Um, you also want, but you also want to be conservative because if we said, oh, you know, because sometimes I have, you know, men in particular, they come in, they say, you know, I, I don't take care of myself or, you know, I have, you know, history with family members dying young. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not living past, you know, 75 or something like that. And then, so if they, if they plan on that and then they run through their money because they, you know, then, you know, that's not, that's not a great way to, to plan financially speaking. Um, so you want to, you want to assume you want to, you want to be careful with that uh, as far as what you're guessing. So like for you, so let's say, so if you retire at 65 and you live to 85, like we're, t like we're assuming here. So that's basically, that's a 20 year uh, window that you need to, you know, be accumulating assets so that you can fund that that time frame. So 20 years is a long time, um, you know, to be able to, to live your life and pay your bills and do all that stuff, do whatever you want to do. Uh, so that's basically what we're, what we're going for here. And then for Joanna, uh, it's, let's see, 23 years, you know, to, you know, cause we have her living a little bit longer. So it's a 23 year window from retire in retirement that we need to fund. So that's basically, that's our goal, right? Is funding that, that time frame. Okay. All right, so next, let's talk about let's talk about your house. All right, so you guys own your own home, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, all right, so you own your own home, and can you give me just just a ballpark uh, for what you think it's worth? Just ballpark. Four hundred thousand. Okay. All right. So you know, pretty you know, pretty good. I would say probably an average number for this you know this part of the world. Uh, you know, real estate is pretty expensive, um, and and so I think that's not a, not an uncommon number. So all right, so we're gonna say house is worth four hundred thousand, and 
I have, you know, I have a number in there for what I think um, the real estate taxes are. So I plug those in. Uh, obviously, real estate, kind of, you know, taxes are kind of expensive in this part of the world. Now, uh, speaking of this, um, my notes say that you guys were thinking about moving. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and is that a is that a definite or is that a maybe or no? We're definitely going to go. It's okay. Just, it's a matter of when. Okay. All right. What uh, what's your what's your estimated time frame for for making the move? I'd like to be able to pull it off within the next couple of years. Okay. All right. So do you want to? I mean, do you want to say two years from now or or yeah, two years would be safe. Okay. All right. So let me plug that in here. So let's say we'll say March just to just to put something in the system. We'll say March of 2022. All right. All right. So the program it basically so I can plug in you know a cost to sell it. You know because you know if you you know assuming you go through a realtor you know they're gonna have to pay you know, pay them to sell the house. Um, so I can plug in, I'm going to, you know, I'll use 5% as a, as a, uh, commission if you're okay with that. So basically it's going to, it's going to take that out of the, the yeah. sale price, um, just to, you know, make sure that we account for everything. All right. So we're going to say in March of 2022, you're going to sell your house. If it's worth, if it's worth 400,000 today, um, so the program uses a 2% rate of growth or appreciation on real estate, uh, which we think is reasonable, uh, conservative. Um, so this basically says it would be, you'd be selling it for like $417,000. That would be the, you know, what it, you'd be selling for in two years from now. Um, what's interesting is that the program is also showing like projected buying power, which is, you know, adjusted for inflation. So it's saying, okay, if you sell for 417, that actually translates to about $395,000 as far as what that's gonna buy you uh, in two years from now. Okay. Um, Taxes. Do you know how taxes work on selling a house? No. Okay. Um, so the way it works is if it's your primary residence, which is which is the case, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so primary residence, there's basically, you know, you bought it for X. Do you remember what you paid for it roughly? <laughs> yeah, about what it's worth now. Okay. All yeah, right. I, uh, I, we bought it when uh, we shouldn't have... It was uh, what year was 2005? that? Two thousand five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So when it was, you bought it. Bought it high. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we buy high and sell low. Okay. <laughs> okay. As a as a rule or uh, just uh, <laughs> just the way as a law. <laughs> That's the way it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay. So you bought it for roughly what it's worth. All right. Or what it's worth today. All right. So. The short story is there will be no tax consequences. Um, okay, that's good. Yeah, it was actually three sixty, I think. Okay, what it was. Even even so, there won't be any tax consequences. Um, so for you know for a primary residence, you know, so so if you pay three sixty, let's say you sell it for four or even four fifteen. So there, you know, there's some growth there, right? You know, fifty or sixty thousand dollars. You have for your primary residence, you have an exclusion. You know the IRS says you can exclude up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per person of growth. 
So you're well, yeah, certainly well within that. And then, and then for you and your wife, it's five hundred thousand. So no, no taxes there uh, for you guys. Um, okay, so no taxes. Obviously, you pay. You're going to pay some kind of a commission, assuming you go through a realtor, uh, and we've got that in there. So. And I think you said you're moving down south somewhere and you don't, you don't need to say specifically, um, or you can if you want. Um, do you have a figure for what you might buy for down there? Have you actually done some research and seen what properties go for? Yeah, what, we're looking around 200,000. 200? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a few places for 250 that I wouldn't mind, but we... We want to downsize a little bit as okay. well. So. Okay. And at, at that $200,000 level, that's something you'd be comfortable with? Like it's it's uh, it's big enough, it's uh, updated enough that it, it would, you know, suit you for, for a good amount of, you know, for the rest of your life or? Um, the, the updating part, some of them need, you know, the kitchens and stuff updated a little okay. bit that I would want, um, that I've been looking at, <clears throat> which I'm not opposed to doing myself. Um, I'm semi-handy um, and I would pick away at something like that if, okay. if need be. But between two and 250 is kind of what my spending range would be. So, all right. Um, do you want to use, you want to you, you pick pick the midpoint, use two and a quarter? Is yeah, that, that, that com- would, comfortable with that? All right. So let me just plug that in here. So we're going to say, all right, 225 and... Basically, we'll we'll line that up with um, we'll line that up with the sale of, of your house up here. Uh, so I'll say I'll just use the same date and say March of 2022. I know it; the stars don't always align that perfectly in, in real life, but uh, just for purposes of this. Um, so I did I did do a little because in. Um, just to protect you a little bit, you know, your identity. I won't say exactly where you're going just in case your friends know or whatever, but um, uh, we'll just say it's down South. And, you know, I was looking at property taxes down in that area. And I, obviously it's a big, you know, big area. um, But I figure for a property of that value, um, you know, you're probably looking around three thousand dollars a year, plus or minus, for for property taxes, uh, which is a pretty, you know, that's a, a nice drop off from from what you're paying now. I think now you're paying five or six thousand, yeah, yeah, close to six. So it's, it, yeah, I, I would say I would, I'm pretty comfortable with that. You know, that it is going to go down, um, and it could be, you know, it could go down as much as half uh, of what you're paying now. Yeah, when I, when I was looking around, if I was looking at it correctly, <clears throat> excuse me, in the area, it was between. Two, two to three. Okay, and some of some places were even less. Okay, okay. So we can we can use a smaller number. You want to say like twenty five hundred then? Yeah, that that number will work. Okay. All right. So, so already, I mean, that's a, and and I and I I don't think I don't think your move is, um, you know, being triggered for financial reasons. It's it's because of family, right? Family and uh, in, in in the weather. Family and the weather. Okay, so. But this is but this is a nice byproduct of that that your you know your taxes are gonna you know your real estate taxes are gonna go down. Uh, pro- probably the cost of living in general, um, you know, in, in the South is is less than. I mean, New England is just you know, it's just an yeah, expensive fuel, place to fuel live. Fuel prices are um, are, are less. Um, food prices are about the same, um, but just in general, yeah. um, uh, clothing is is less. Yeah. Um, not that I need a lot of clothes, but uh, <laughs> just. Everything just seems to be 
a little bit less than here. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, New England is just, you know, it's an expensive place to live. And um, yeah, it might, it makes some sense. I mean, it might make sense uh, to go somewhere else. I mean, it, it, if, if you, I mean, you, yeah. you certainly don't have to, but. I'm thinking my heating bill is going to be less. Um, I'm sure, yeah. You know, the, just, it, everything in general should just. Yeah, your air conditioning bill might go up though. It may, yeah. but uh, ceiling fans. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm a big proponent of air conditioning. So, uh, that's, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, all right. So, all right. So we're going to change your taxes and all right. So we got that. Oh, all right. You know what? So we're just, we're ready. We're going to take a little break. Um, and then when we come back, we'll talk about, we're going to talk about your mortgage and what that looks like now. And, and then also on the new property. Uh, so we'll be right back. Okay, we are back. So you are listening to McNamara on Money, uh, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show, invest, uh, educating investors of the South Shore since 1990. And we have a in-studio guest today, Mr. Chip Douglas. Uh, welcome again, and thank you for being here. Uh, before we get back to the uh, financial plan, I do have one announcement. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, we have a... Um, a couple of social security seminars coming up and let me just see if I can find the details. Um, it's, so it's going to be Mr. Kurt Zarnowski and we're going to be doing one down here on the South shore, uh, in Marshfield. And let's see, the details are Tuesday, April 7th. Uh, and that is, let's see, starting at six o'clock uh, and that's at the Cask and Flagon. Uh, again, that's in Marshfield on April 7th. And also on April 8th, uh, we'll be having uh, the same seminar up on the uh, North Shore uh, in Chelmsford, Mass. Uh, and that's at Andiamo Restaurant. Uh, so again, that's a social security seminar with Mr. Kurt Zarnowski. Uh, and anyone that would like to register uh, for the event can call the office at 781-834-2010. And uh, again, so that's April 7th at the Cask and Flagon in Marshfield, April 8th at Andiamo Restaurant in Chelmsford. Okay. All right. So before we went to break, uh, we were talking to Chip about um, his current living situation, uh, you know, living here on the South Shore, uh, and that may change in the next year or two. Uh, for now, we're assuming two years. Uh, Going to move down south, uh, be closer to family. Um, and so we talked about, you know, one nice thing about that is that your real estate taxes are probably going to be cut uh, probably close to half. Um, and so we've, we've plugged that in here. So, all right. So then the other thing is you have a mortgage now. Yes. And so... So you say, okay, so your house, you said, is roughly 400000 is the, is what it's worth. And so what's what's the balance on your mortgage? Two. 200, okay. All right, so obviously you got a good amount of equity in the house, but you, but you do still have a mortgage. And I plugged it in here. So I figure, well, you know, if you stayed, I figure you've probably got about 17 years left on the mortgage, roughly. Um, that's if you stay. All right. So that's kind of a moot point if you're going to move. And so the plan would be, so you're going to sell for 400. You're going to pay off your existing mortgage, uh, the 200. So that's going to leave you with two roughly. Obviously we talked about, 
Uh, so no taxes on the on the on the sale, but there are going to be some you know commissions uh, you know factored in there. But just for sake of this you know little segment here, you've got about two hundred thousand dollars left to go do something with, and you're talking about potentially buying a property for two and a quarter. Correct. All right. So, you know, what are your options? Well, you could apply all 200,000 to the property, um, leaving you, you know, leaving you short 25,000. You could, you know, so you could get a mortgage for 25,000 uh, is one option. Uh, you could grab, you know, grab cash, you know, out, out of the bank uh, if you had it and, and pay off the mortgage and not have any mortgage. Uh, or, you know, another option is, you could more, you know, take out a bigger mortgage and and hang on to some of that cash, uh, you know, from from the real estate. Um, do you have any? Have you have you given that any thought, or or what 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 are you thinking about that? Yeah, I've actually thought of both scenarios. Um, like I said, we don't have um, we don't have a whole lot we need to give away. Um, so as, we, as far as as far as family. Okay. As far as trying to, you know, save assets or, or grow. Yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't have kids that need to go to college or any of that. So we're debating whether we buy outright or like I say, stretch it out and, uh, and live a little bit. Okay. Um, are you leaning one way versus the other or? It's still up in the air. Okay. I'm um, still haven't decided. I'm not really sure what is the, the, the best way to go. So, you know, in looking, in looking at you guys, you know, specifically, um, so my notes say, you know, my notes say that you guys have about $25,000 in the bank. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. All right. Which is, which is a good thing. You know, it's good to have, you know, you know, always want to have money in the bank for emergencies. Um, you know, we tell people they should have, you know, somewhere around like three to six months worth of living expenses is a good target for what you should have. And, and hopefully you never touch it, uh, but it's there and you, and it's just, it makes you feel good. Uh, yeah, it and it's nice to have if something comes up, you know, unexpected. So, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't tell you to, 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 I would not tell you to spend that money, you know, on, on the new property. I would tell you, you know, you want to hang on to at least that much, you know, in the bank. Um, so I think, I think it's going to make sense to do a mortgage uh, of some of some size, um, basically to give you some flexibility. Um, you know, so you can keep that cash in the bank, and it's going to be relatively small. So I mean, the payment is going to be considerably smaller than what you're paying now. So it's going to it's still going to free up some cash. We were thinking if, even if we if we did take out the mortgage and, and we decided that we wanted to pay it off, we, we would have that option. So it would be, it, I think it would be easier to have the mortgage and then pay it off versus not having a mortgage and then trying to get money back out of it. Or Yes, exactly. Or, or having having some issue pop up uh, where you need some money and it's all tied, if it's all tied up, if it's all tied up in the property, that's, that's hard to get it out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to look at it. All right. So, um, and you guys don't, you guys don't own any other real estate, correct? Besides your primary just, residence, just a home. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have the mortgage now, and so I would say, let's say, so let's say we'll have to look at this in a moment, but I'm gonna guess that on two twenty five, you know, I, I was looking at your cash flow earlier as far as what the gap was gonna, what you might have to get for a mortgage. Well, that, how about how about for now? Let's say, let's say you mortgage fifty thousand. You okay with that? Mm -hmm. All right. So let's say you take out a mortgage for fifty thousand. Is that? I was actually 
thinking of a hundred. Okay. Okay. We can do that. Um, I mean, we can, we, you know, we might not have time to do it today, but we could always run it both ways uh, and see if one makes sense, you know, long-term versus the other. Uh, but if that's the number you want to go with, we'll, we'll start with that. So let's see. If you have, if you do a mortgage for 100000 and again, we're talking about, let's see. So this is going to start in 2022. And let's see. All right, well, I figure, so 100,000, the mortgage will be, did you look at like what the what that would translate to in terms of payments? Um, yeah, I, 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 but I've done so many different scenarios, I'm getting a little confused on it, but the, the payments were under 1,000, or, or roughly around 1,000. So I just ran a quick, you know, a quick, if you did a $100,000 mortgage and I used a 4% rate and if you did a 15 year, one five, 15 year, that'd be about $740 a month just for principal and interest, yep. not including taxes and yeah. insurance. So we're, we're on the same page. Okay. So yeah, cause I know you said, well, yeah, you could stretch it out, right? Keep the payments lower. You don't really, you know, you're not too concerned about, about the equity, that kind of thing. Um, so, okay. So we could use that. Uh, for now, as, as, a, as a placeholder. Okay. All right. Other debts. So besides your mortgage, you have a car loan or two? Uh, yeah, well, one one will be paid off this year. Okay. Um, the other one is, um, <laughs> it's brand new. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but it's, uh, it's, I got five years on that. Okay. Yep. Um, so I have those in here. Um, so here's a question for you. So those are, you know, so the program will have those, you know, pay and then go away on schedule. But, you know, cars are, you know, that's a relatively big expense in, in most people's lives. So I would like to maybe plug in another car or two uh, for down the road um, so that we have that accounted for in, in your plan. Yeah, I, I would need to because I, I do a lot of miles right now. Okay. Um, my wife does not, but um, her car is getting up there in age and I, I want her to have something newer. Okay, so she so she's the one that, that, the, that the car is almost paid off? Yes. Okay, so if that, so that car gets paid off sometime this year or the end of the year, um, when, when theoretically would she buy another car? Probably within a year. Um, she like to. We'd like to get at least a couple of months without a payment, just to see how it feels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely want to get her something reliable. <clears throat> she has a, a Mercedes right now, and um, they're kind of complicated and expensive to repair. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. So. All right. So she potentially buys a car. So let's see. Would you say, would it be next year, like middle of next year, potentially, or? I would like her to have one then. Okay. Um, she, right now she's pushing off to, to, to later, but we could use that as a, uh, okay. as a good number. All right, so I'll say next year, middle of next year, 2021. And all right, so what would you estimate um, that she would spend on a car? Uh, probably 30, 35. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. So you want to use 30, 30 or 35? Um, let's use 30. Okay. All right. 
And so if we did 30,000, obviously, you know, uh, interest rates, uh, you know, these days they're around four-ish, um, you know, on, I, on a car. I, my new truck, I got 2.9. Okay. All uh, right. Not so to say, I mean, it, it, everyone else was four to six, which was, I thought was high, but yep. I guess that's the rate. But you struck an amazing deal. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Thank you, AAA. <laughs> okay. Hey, there you go. Uh, okay. So, so you're, you're paying about three on yours now. You know, a year from now, uh, who knows? Uh, so let's, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to plug in four. I think that that's reasonable um, uh, for next year. So, so thirty thousand at four percent, and if we do a five year, if if she does a five year loan, uh, that's about five hundred and fifty dollars a month. All right, all right. So we got that in for Joanna. All right, and. How about yourself? So I know you, I know you just got a new car, but do you typically replace it right after you pay it off, or do you keep it for a little while? Um, I've, I normally keep them. Um, it all depends on the mileage. Okay. Um, right now, I'm cranking out probably sixteen thousand a year in mileage. Sixteen thousand. Okay, that's not. Nah, that's a little high, but not not too yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, so um, my game plan is once I move, um, that'll get less. Okay, but you never know. Yeah, is the is the is the mileage for work or yeah, it's all yeah. It's all work. Okay, okay. Um, all right, so five years. So you're so you have your new car. You got another five years left on that. And then do you want to say that you keep it for a year or two after that? Or? Yeah, that would be safe. Okay. All right. So let's see. It's 2020 now. So let's say maybe, mm, I'm just going to guess and say the middle of like 2027. Is that okay? Yeah, that works. I know it's, it's just a placeholder. It's just good to have it in the system so we can see, you know, we can analyze cash flow and see when these, you know, major things are going to show up, and make sure that you can you know, make sure that you can pay for them. Um, you know, interest rates again, no idea what they're going to be in twenty twenty seven. So I'll just plug in something a little bit high. I'll, I'm going to use a five for that one. All right, it's just a guess. Uh, it's not going to change your life a whole heck of a lot, but maybe a little bit. All right. So, and what would would you usually do? You usually spend thirty thousand, also, or probably then I would spend less at that point. I would probably find something nice but used. Okay. Um, only because I wouldn't be um, beaten on it as bad as I do okay. right now. So twenty five thousand. Yeah, that's or fair. less. That's not twenty five. Fair twenty five. Because I'm sure cost is going to be up by then as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Cars, cars are certainly affected by inflation, like everything else. Uh, price of cars. I mean, just the technology nowadays in them. Sure, yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, buying. You know, when my parents were buying cars, you know, twenty years ago, uh, twenty-five years ago. I mean, they would spend you know twenty thousand dollars on a new car, and you get a pretty nice car for for twenty thousand dollars new. And you know, just to watch watch those prices change, you know, I mean, over time. Now my truck sends me a. A text message telling me it needs an oil change. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> it's yes. It's kind of, it's kind of creepy, uh, mm-hmm. but but cool at the same time. Um, all right. So all right. So we have a car payment for you. Uh, so twenty five thousand for five years at five percent is four seventy one. All right. So that's what we've, we're assuming for you, and that's in 
like seven years from now. Okay. Um, any other existing debts? No. Um, other than just living. I mean, we we don't have any credit card bills. You, you pay your bill. You pay your bills as they show up. Yeah. Um, I mean, we put stuff on credit cards just to you know keep a credit rating, but um, we pay it off when when the bill comes. Pay in. it off every month. So no, so no, uh, no extended balance. No balances that are rolling. Uh, you pay them off every month. Um, no student loans for yourselves or your kids or, or uh, okay. So no student loans, no personal loans. No, I mean, this is, this is great. I'm just, yeah. sometimes people forget about things. Yeah, um, no, I don't, uh, I don't have any of that. Uh, that's a good thing. All right. So you got, okay. So you got the mortgage, we got that. And that's theoretically going to shrink uh, in this scenario. Uh, basically it's going to go from a $200,000 balance to a $100,000 balance in two years from now when you when you make that that real estate transaction. All right, so we're gonna reduce some debt there. Uh, and then you just, you have the car payments, which are uh, which are reasonable. Okay, so that's, yeah. So debt-wise, debt I'd say you guys are in you know pretty good place to be. Uh, all right, so now let's move on to financial assets and accounts. So like, you know, retirement accounts, retirement savings, things like that. All right, so... Um, so Chip, uh, so you have a, you have a retirement plan at work uh, in the form of a 401k, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and my notes say, well, <laughs> I mean, we can talk about, you can, so you gave me, you gave me one value, uh, the other day, but then you mentioned, you know, when you walked in today, how it, yeah, how it's, it's dropped a little bit in the uh, last couple yeah, of days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for the, uh, coronavirus. <laughs> well, uh, you know, there's always going to be something uh, out there. Yes, so that is the that is the apocalypse uh, du jour, uh, and we've certainly seen some excitement uh, the last week or so. Um, I wish I wouldn't have looked. Well, hey, you know that's not a bad that's not a bad way to approach it either. Um, I was looking at you know, so I think you know yesterday was down you know maybe one you know two percent something like that. The day before was down like three percent. So. You know, some some of the gains you know that we saw in 2019 have been you know uh, you know temporarily uh, uh, reduced uh, you know so far in 2020, um, but that happens. And you know we've you know just to go off topic a little bit, you know we've seen that many times, right? Over the years, the market you know the market fluctuates, right? It goes up, it goes down, uh, but it but more times than not, it goes up. And this, yeah, this happens to be one of those, you know, and this has only been, you know, two months, right? So we've been negative, uh, you know, since, since the beginning of the year, but it's only been two months. And if you look back through time, um, there are, there are periods of just about every year where the market is negative during the year, but you know, probably 80% of the time, but if you, if you wait till the end of the year, it actually ends up being positive. Um, so this is, you know, it's a temporary thing. Uh, we, we sent out, you know, we sent out a little, uh, blast email to, you know, to all of our clients yesterday, just, you know, a little, um, telling them not to look. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, just a little, hopefully some comfort and, you know, some, some, you know, maybe some education, so, you know, here's, you know, here's what's going on. Here's why, and here's why you shouldn't, shouldn't worry about it, uh, basically. Um, so, you know, so I know your, you know, your, your market value of your 401k has dropped a little bit in the last week or week or so. Um, it's temporary. Um, so what, so what is the, what would you, what's the ballpark for what, what's in there today? 333. Okay. 
All right. So that's what's in there now. All right. And now this this is a question you may or may not not, not know, and that's okay. Um, do you know how it is invested? Um, I don't, but I have it. I believe I have it printed somewhere. Okay, perfect. I can pull it up for you. I was going to make some some guesses, but if you have it, that's great. I think is that it? Yeah, let's take a look. Okay. All right, so... And know, I, I, I didn't do that because I don't know anything about it. Um, at work, they had some guy that kind of suggests stuff. Okay. All right, so it looks like... That's, um, so you've got one thing that's, it's tough to do an exact percentage based on these, but I would say, let's see, 33, that's about 10%. And then I would say you're about 70-ish percent stocks. Uh, and then, you know, the rest in bonds, you know, so about 70% stocks, 30% bonds. That's, that's a, that's just a quick guess looking at this, you know, I, I could do a better, um, better analysis if I plug, you know, do some actual math, but page here, I think what I, I was actually going to assume that chip, um, or at least tell you that that's probably close to what should be appropriate. Um, you know, we tip, we tell people that, you know, starting with the long term. So if you know, if you told me you had 10 years or more until you were going to retire, then we would tell you from a, from a, just from a time frame point of view, you know, you could afford to be all stocks, you know, stocks, you know, the most volatility, you know, but the most, you know, potential for return. But if you have 10 years, that's enough time to go through the, you know, potential ups and downs that you might see uh, before you get to the point where you're gonna start taking money out. As your time frame shortens, you know, you know, we would recommend that you start, you know, shifting some of your assets, you know, to, to bonds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yep. Um, and you know, so if you like we, in your situation, if you're going to retire at 60, well, retirement and taking the money don't always necessarily coincide. Um, you know, like if you, you mentioned, well, you know, you want to quote unquote retire at 65, but you might do some part-time work. And if you do that or, and if Joanna's still working, um, maybe you don't necessarily have to tap into your retirement at that, at 65. But for sake of sake of argument, let's say, you know, let's say that you do, let's say that you do need to start tapping into this in some capacity at 65. All right. So that's seven years from now. All right. So now, now you're let, you're under that 10 year window. And so we would tell you, you know, we would probably recommend that you be like 75% stocks, 25% bonds or, or no, you know, no, no braver than that. Now you could be more conservative than that if, if you like, but, um, you know, that's probably what we would, would we, uh, recommend, um, which I think is roughly what you are at now. So, uh, we can take a look at that maybe after, you know, after the show. Um, so then the question is, okay, well, what, what do you earn on that? You know, and you may or you may or may not know what you've earned historically, but, uh, we got to make a guess about the future. I would tell you, you know, based on history that, you know, if you have a 75% stock, 25% bond mixture, that that's probably good for somewhere between six and 8% per year. All right, so I plugged in, I plugged in six just to be conservative. I picked the low end of the range. And then I also plugged in another, an assumption that at some point, you know, around retirement or a little bit before that you're gonna get a little more conservative. You know, we would tell you that, you know, as you're, as you're approaching retirement, um, you know, like if you're 
you know, four or five years away, we would, you know, we would recommend no braver than like a 60% stock, 40% bond allocation. And, you know, the range of returns on that we think is, you know, realistically somewhere between five and 7%. So I'm going to, I'm going to use, so that in retirement, I'm going to assume a 5% rate of return on your money. Okay. So that's your 401k. Um, and you are adding to that, correct? Yes. Okay. And I believe you said, so you're adding 12%. I believe it's 12%. All right. So you're adding 12% of your, of your salary. And each year I go up 1%. Oh, excellent. Okay, good. Um, and, and you're also getting an employer match. Yeah, I believe it's, I think it's 6%. Yeah, that's what my notes say. Yeah. Uh, so that's what, I, that's what I'm assuming. Um, yeah, okay, great. That's great. That's a great, that's a nice match too. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. And then Joanna. So Joanna, we have, she has a, she also has a retirement plan through her employer. Uh, and I've got here that she's got about 55,000. Maybe, I mean, maybe that one's changed too in the last, yeah, I in the looked, last day or two. Um, okay. Um, when I saw mine, I was afraid to look at hers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to assume the same investment allocation. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if you have something for her. I, I, well, I might. It's okay if you don't. Um, for now, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to assume the same thing. So we'll assume, you know, 75, 25, and then we'll assume as she gets closer to retirement, it's gonna to go to a 60-40. Okay, all right, here's something here. Okay, so actually it says, as of right now, so she's, yeah, it says she's 68% stocks and then the rest is in bonds. So yeah, so, so roughly a 70-30, which is roughly, I think, what you've got, uh, which I think is probably makes sense, you know, based on based on your timeframes. Um, but we can talk, you know, we can talk a little bit more about that maybe afterwards. All right. So I'm assuming the same rates of return uh, for her. So the 6% per year now, and then 5% per year in retirement. Then my notes say, also say that uh, Joanna has a, an IRA. Yes. Okay. Uh, separate, from the, separate from her retirement plan with like 20,000 in think, there? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Any idea how that one's invested? That I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I could find out, I just don't know. Okay. I'll, um, you okay if we assume the same thing for that one? Yeah, because she had, she had a guy set that up for her. Okay. Um, so I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he knew what he what he was doing. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So I'm gonna assume the same thing. All right. So 75, 25, six uh, percent now, five percent retirement. Um, and then I also have your. And then I plugged in your savings, you know, the 25,000 just to have it in here, but I'm basically telling the program to ignore it. I'm telling, you know, that's your emergency savings. Don't touch it. Um, Beer money. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. All right. So it sounds like we're about ready for a break. And then when we come back, uh, we'll move on to, you know, taking a look at your income, uh, both now uh, and in the future. Uh, so that'll be the next, uh, the next segment when we come back. We'll be right back. Okay. 